Hello everybody, it's Em here. Welcome to the final episode of Series 4. That's right, the Lovejoy Actually podcast has made it all the way to Series 4. Can't believe it. Thanks so much for listening, for all your support, and especially to Nick, Robin, Mary, Owen, Claudia and Kevin, who support us on Patreon. Um, you can support us there too if you're not already. It's patreon.com forward slash Lovejoy Actually. We give 10% of our earnings on there to Royal Trinity Hospice, the hospice in South London that looked after Dudley Sutton, who played Tinker in Lovejoy. We've been doing a bit of a fundraiser for them during May and June because they've been losing money as their charity shops were closed during the UK lockdown. Um, And I just wanted to say thank you to anybody who bid for items in the charity auction, who took part in the online quiz that Polly had on her YouTube channel or who dropped any kind of money onto our Just Giving page. Um, Between all those different endeavours, we managed to raise a grand total of £3,087.58p. That's so much money. (laughs) I can't believe it. Um, And I'm so delighted that this kind of hobby of ours has managed to make a little bit of change for good in the world. Um, You might notice a little dip in audio towards the end of this episode. Uh, I need to remind you all that I am not trained and I'm flying by the seat of my pants when I'm editing these. Hopefully it's nothing that you'll notice um, and it won't put you off. Um, We're taking a break over summer. And we'll be back in September with Series 5. Can you believe it? I can't. Love Joy, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so, welcome. Hello, and welcome. Hi, I was going to introduce you, I was going to build oh, up, I had a little, you know, Go on. I was going to say we've got a very special guest and then just leave it hanging and then get her to introduce ourselves, so I am Paul, oh I'm Em, and I'm <laughs> Helen, yay, yay, so one of the upsides of a global pandemic is that, you know, it's easier to kind of get involved in everything that's going on from my sofa where I spend most of my time. What so. she's saying is she hasn't had a better offer this evening, so she's joining us to record the podcast because <laughs> she hasn't got anywhere else to be. Yes. Um, Helen is back temporarily, so keeping in touch today if you have those at work uh, yeah. from her maternity leave. Mm-hmm. With the podcast, she's come for the, the series finale. Uh, we're discussing Lovejoy Loses It today by Andrew Payne. And because Helen is back, do you have a summary, Helen? I do. Um, yeah, I can't believe we're at the end of Series 4. I series can't. 4, Episode 13. Sure. Oh, wow, it's been a long series. Is this the longest series as well? They, they obviously weren't superstitious, you know, about having 13 episodes. Um, Maybe that's why they did it. Mm. Um, but yeah, the UK TV play summary, <laughs> as always, was a, a delight. Um, so the way they decided to describe it this time is light-hearted drama with the cheeky wheeler dealer but actually this episode isn't that like he's not it wasn't that light-hearted and he wasn't that cheeky he was definitely not very cheeky not cheeky he made some attempts at cheek which were rebuffed I suppose Mm. so the description of the episode Tinker warns Lovejoy against abusing his gift and gift is in inverted commas by appearing on a crass TV antiques show Ian McShane stars. Why As always. Ian McShane stars. That's the new one. I mean, yeah. So, interesting summary. Um, I My immediate thought was, because we've obviously seen a TV antique show before, haven't we? You know, when he was on oh, the yes, sort of Antiques Roadshow. Oh, yes, But I figured this could be the same, because Antiques Roadshow is not... Yes. Yeah. And it and it opens with a TV show which is called It was a studio based, wasn't it, TV show. It was a bit different. Hang it was um it's it was called, called Eastwood, Eastwood Ho. Ho. I, so I figured so it was like more like a, North, right? I figured it was more like a regional magazine show. Yes. yes. It's called Eastwood Ho. Pebble Mill. Um, it did look pe- that was what it reminded me of. Was I was trying Pebble to remember Mill. it looked like it Pebble, Mill. Pebble Mill. We are showing our age if we remember Pebble Mill. I'm just gonna I, open my can of wine because that's upset me. It did make me think, though, like, because obviously Antiques Roadshow accepted. There are a lot of crass antique shows on TV. I mean, you think things like Bargain Hunt and Cash in the Attic. 
But I think in the, I mean, were they a thing in the 90s? I think they were a bit. I think that's when all this started, maybe. It but... might be when Dickinson started, David Dickinson. Mm. I mean, also, it was the era, I guess, of it was the sort of post-yuppie, new money, get a fast book kind of era as yeah. well. So people were suddenly interested in the value of things for the sake of the, the money. It was a very nostalgic and slightly sad yeah. episode. It was a couple oh, of things. Very, but, I, but I have to say, I loved it. Oh, my it God, was I loved good. it. It was good, wasn't it? It was a good finale. I it was a good season finale. I loved it. More, I think that I loved it the most that I've loved one in a while. Not that I have, haven't liked them, but this is the first one for a while. I was like, this is amazing. So, yeah, he's on Eastwood Ho, and mm. he's getting questioned by the host. Well, first of all, he's examining Mr. Barton's teapot. <laughs> That's not a euphemism. Um, and then, yeah, he gets he's getting questioned by the host. We did we we don't find out her name, do we? At any point, so I we've... thought her name was Moira, and she keeps just keeps showing love joy her pants. She keeps sort of crossing. I know, crossing like how legs. much thigh on the air, on the air. <laughs> which is why I which is why I actually wrote down: Is this a dream? Because I, cause it had a sort of weird, which interestingly later on there is a dream sequence. But I thought this was a dream sequence because it was she was showing so much thigh. I thought, oh, he's having a dream. He fancies this presenter. Yeah. So in the dream, she's getting her thighs out. But no, that was real on that really TV. Happens. You basically see her whole leg, like right to the top. So anyway, so the Moira. Okay. Called Moira. But I didn't know she was called Moira because I don't think she's ever called that at any point in the I show. Think Lovejoy, I think Lovejoy calls her Moira. But interesting. So he's she's questioning him. So so basically. His thing on this show is he look looking at a teapot. He says, "Oh yeah, it's worth a bit, but you know, blah blah." And then she starts to question him about his diviness, if that's a word. His divinity, not really. I know that's divinity. Oh, his diviness. But it's really weird because like he's trying to play it down, isn't he? Like, yeah, he but I want, think he doesn't. Also, want though, to say. does he not? Does he find it maybe a bit? I think there's probably several reasons, because I wrote a bit about this, so I, th- I thought this was quite interesting. Yeah. Is it A, because he doesn't want to be taken advantage of, or people... Uh, or, or also, is it because he doesn't want too much um, uh, pressure almost put on him? Oh, that's the guy with the magical powers kind of thing. Yeah. And he doesn't want to cheapen. He also doesn't want to cheapen. We've had various flashes before where Lovejoy does kind of value education, even the fact that he is keeping his daughter at... Uh, you know, a good school, even though she hates it and all of that. And actually, he says, oh, no, I think, you know, 25 years in the trade it is yeah. more than a sixth sense. He, he's really playing uh, down that, any kind of spookiness or whatever, because he doesn't want to devalue it, I think. And again, you, you, but again, you get a lot of musicians and actors and people who, um, uh, you, you know, have a latent talent, but have worked bloody hard. You can't just have, you can't have one without the other. Really, yeah. to no, no, I um, because I read it more like I was a bit confused. I was like, is he ashamed of like being a divvy or having this sense? Because he's never, you never had any hint of that before that it's something that he would hide or shy away from. But I think actually, maybe it is more to do with like you say, not wanting to kind of put pressure on himself or be seen as this person who has this gift. And also I felt a little bit like he'd almost been tricked into it because she suddenly comes out with, and now we're going to test your innate skills as a... Yeah, which is really weird. Divi- and he's like, what? Are we going to do that? But he does it. I mean, I he suppose he's on TV, it. yeah. So they give him this test. They give him a table full of objects. And they're like, right, which ones are worth loads of money? And it's very mm. dramatic as he flings the tablecloth off the table with all these, like, candelabras and shit on there. And he's like... The table, it's beautiful, it's worth 20 grand. <laughs> Do you know what I wrote here? I put, and then this is me really overthinking this, I put, he, he threw all this silver onto the floor and I said it had sort of almost biblical echoes of turning over the tables in the temple. Like, this is a sacred thing. Oh, this is a sacred thing and you've turned this into a show and Ooh. into a, you've cheapened this this gift that comes from a, a higher being, you know, you've cheapened it. it, and I'm sure that's you know people will laugh at that, but it it was it was dramatic. It was very dramatic. It was almost you know don't don't put this to the test. Don't what, what are you doing? Yeah, and, you've I, cheapened, and I think you've cheapened it. You know, a it, gift that is a shorthand for for what he's doing. Yeah. If you if you've got that bit of cultural knowledge, then it becomes richer, doesn't it? The the scene yeah. becomes richer for it. And then there's mega flirty flirty with the host, like again on the camera, live he, on TV. It's like he's hey. the host, quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> but they had such good chemistry. Like they were. They so, did. 
lush together. I really, really liked it. But um, Eric, Tinker and Jane are watching at home and Eric's going, oh, look, it's just, he's putting it on, isn't he? Oh, look at that haunted look he's just done. Oh, brilliant. What a, like, he's done this brilliantly. And Jane's a bit jealous because she's jealous of... Um, the flirty, flirty everything at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Tinker's reaction was almost a bit... I, I mean, part of me wanted to say, oh, come on, you know, chill out. Like, we'd, we'd all quite like to have an opportunity like that, I think. Or maybe mm. we wouldn't. Maybe I'm just a massive egotist, but... Um, no, I think no, you would if, it, you've got, yeah. if you've got a talent for the work that it's you do. It's what you do, yeah. You know, I think so. by, it's good for business. Yeah, it's a business it at the end of the day, yeah. If people are like, oh, that love joy. And in fact, that's what happens, isn't it? Exactly what happens. Yeah, you on TV. You can't buy that kind of publicity, really. And anyway, so Jane was right to be jealous because in the next scene, Lovejoy is just in bed. And <laughs> with with, with anyway, Moira, rather. That, that muse that they film it on, so she lives in like this muse house, is like... The like they use that street in like every TV show. Is it I was Chelsea, like, right? This has been in everything. I couldn't even think. I think it's in Chelsea near Hyde Park. Yeah, I think it's Chelsea. I think I there's a pub, few. There's a pub like on the. I know there's lots. Yeah, of I've been near that the, pub. I know the one you mean. Is it more like Kensington, like near the Albert Hall? Yes, it's near the Albert Hall. I feel it's where they live in McMafia. If you've seen that, <laughs> I feel like. When they did a dramatization of like all this dodgy Prince Andrew stuff, they were like, "This is where um, Epstein was staying." Oh no, no, it wasn't. The, Timely reference. It was the woman. It was the. I um, mean, it won't be by the time this is on. No, but at the moment it, it was. It was <laughs> Thingy, the Murdoch's girlfriend, had this news, oh, and they yes. showed that street again. I don't know yeah, if it's because yeah. she actually lives there or whether they were just like it's somewhere like this. This is I yeah, feel, shorthand. I feel like for it's the only somewhere very well to do in London. In London, very anyway. Wealthy, yeah. It's not my muse. I live in a muse, but it's not my muse. No, uh, yeah, you don't, don't live, live there. You're not a millionaire. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's but he's leaving her place. Yeah, after a, a steamy night of passion. And we find out that he he bought the teapot off the old boy who brought it onto the show. And not, this not, made me sad. It, yeah, you start well. to see this slide, don't you, of his? Well, not that he's ever been particularly moralistic, but this kind of he has at times. He's never had any problem moralistic telling, bending the truth. Really, come on. But mm. he's been selectively moralistic. He doesn't generally screw over good people. Well, he did. He he chose all right in the end because we find out in the end that you know. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, but not deliberately. He just cocked up, didn't he? Yeah. So he's bought the teapot off Mr. Barton and basically made out that it's worth less than it is. They bought it for 70 quid when it's actually worth like 300 quid and he's ripped off the old buffer, as they refer to him, which is nice. And Lovejoy kind of says that the table was a setup and it was all planned, but you can tell that... No, it's clearly not. Yeah, it wasn't. He's not... Yeah, he's just trying to like style it out. And then they're in a pub. Oh my god, pubs! I love this pub that they go to as well. This well, one with the like it was a gallery. Bit. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. I think as well. Yeah, we're all just like desperate to go to the pub at the minute. I was going to say, <laughs> do you see pubs and get when little goosebumps? This, maybe you're allowed in a pub again at the minute. We're still like pubs are still shut, so we're like. If they are, we will be in a pub at the point yeah, that they're listening. When you listen, whenever you're floor. listening to it, we're in a pub. Oh my goodness! I can't wait. And it's, yeah, it's one of those country pubs. Well, because they're in the country, aren't they? And it's got the two levels and Tink and Eric and Jane are on the lower level where the bar is. And 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 Jane's kind of saying, like, I've got this job coming up. I'm, I, I need your help with it. You need to help me furnish this stuff. So Lovejoy's drunk. Jane says to him, when did you last eat? Like, he obviously looks like he is not looking after himself properly at all. He's looking a bit down at heel. And she says, come on, come back to mine, I'll make you some food. And he's like, no, 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 I'm meeting this woman called Tara, I need to speak to her. And I thought McShane was doing a very good drunk. I said that in a tweet along, I was like, oh, he's playing drunk very, very well. I thought He, he does get very it. drunk yeah. in this scene, yeah. Mm. Do you know what it had echoes of? And it certainly did later on when they start talking, because obviously it's called Lovejoy. So it's called Lovejoy Loses It, which is one of those titles that has lots of potential meanings i think there was a huge mental health element again in this Definitely. and we've 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 seen lovejoy do this before where he doesn't look after himself where he doesn't eat obviously it was in we've talked in the judas play how it was in the book a lot more than it was in the mm. in, in the tv show but i think there was another one what was the one where he was eating the jaffa cakes where oh i know oh, with, with the suits Victoria of armor left him, wasn't oh, it? no no no, no it was the what no, it was the one with the suit of armour where he said, I know that something's happened to you and no one believed him with the house oh, and, yes. the, oh, yeah. and yes. the ninja. 
Anyway, um, so you've got already got ah something up, and you want he almost, and I am reading way too much. I'm doing the whole transference bollocks, whatever here, but. He has a lot of glimmers of being a depressive oh, because yeah. he has this recognisable uh, pattern of kind of going downhill and yeah. then bouncing back, which is what a lot of people, certainly what I do, but it's what a lot of people do. And I know I am reading far too much because I'm putting my own... I, I don't think you but, are reading too much there. into it, Polly. I think, yeah. I think McShane played it really, really well. He and did. I think the writing was, was very strong in this one. Like, Jane offers to help. He just completely rebuffs her. Then he behaves frankly like a maniac to Tara who just wants to yeah. come and get her well we'll move on to Tara but because she's here now I suppose haven't we so yeah th- this re- um just, yeah, just before that so like because when Jane's yes. talking about this this hotel job and she's like oh, I love to need mm. your help because I need furniture for this hotel and she's like I really I really need the work so is she struggling for money Presumably, because yeah. I mean, and presumably what? it's his money he's yeah. gone he's in Hong Kong I don't know what the deal is that they're that they're yeah. getting I thought it was interesting. So she's obviously like struggling in some way as well. Anyway, yeah, Tara turns up and she wants a valuation. So, I mean, it's the classic, classic <laughs> Lovejoy story. Mr. Kerslake has died. Yes. Tara's <laughs> mum used to do for him. And then Tara did for him. He was a reclusive artist. A reclusive yeah. artist. So romantic. Yeah. And then um, he's left, so he's left his... He's left the contents... So he's left his house to his nephew who lives in Florida. And he's left the contents to Tara and her, as I've written in my mum's net abbreviation, STBXH, soon to be ex-husband, Jack. <laughs> so basically she's got, so she's been left the contents of this house, her and her STBXH, soon to be ex-husband, Jack. And she wants Lovejoy to help, I guess because she's worried that Jack is going to, how Bring are they going to, basically cause they've been left this stuff jointly, but they're no longer a couple. So how are they going to divide it up is the issue. Um, yeah, they don't know anything about antiques, so they need expert help to come and help them with the valuation so and they then, know what to take. Yeah. Another interesting, like, I guess this is, still happens a bit in pubs, but it was just it just really reminiscent of ni- the 90s for me. My mum worked in pubs, so I spent, I spent a lot mm. of time in pubs, and obviously Polly did as well, and even, even when I was, like, well underage. But she has, like, she asked for an orange juice, and she basically gets given this thimble... Of oh, yeah. it's like, like in a wine glass isn't in, it? like a small like a wine glass there's like wine tiny little bottles of orange juice and they were warm they were never Brit in the Vic. fridge and they were never in the fridge little Brit Vic and yeah, they were like a Brit symbol Vic. of warm yeah. orange juice but that was like that was horrible that was the only was, thing you could drink if you weren't if you that's weren't, what if I used to drink yeah that's what I used to have to drink exactly that's what I used to drink when I was a kid so she's drinking the symbol of orange juice that or generic cola out of the generic cola tap or panda pops have... if you were lucky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, um, so but so, so Tara's drinking a thimble of OJ, but um, Lovejoy is drinking all the drinks. Yeah, yes. I I like to think he was drinking vodka and lemonade because I was looking at it like I oh, couldn't I love vodka and lemonade, but... and then I thought Lovejoy is not going to be drinking lemonade. He's definitely drinking something with a tonic because he's well that isn't pissed. Sweet, yeah. Yeah, and he gets he gets a bit desperate, like he's because you know Tara's an attractive young blonde, of course it's Lovejoy, um, yeah. <laughs> and so he follows her out of the. So basically, he asks her out to dinner. She says no, but he kind of gets a bit desperate. I think because of the drunkenness and the slight decline in his general. And he's hungry. Mm. Yeah, I think. <laughs> uh, and he's yeah. So he's trying to it's get. It's quite late as well. He was like that, it's it's ten o'clock. Only, I know one place that's still it's open. It's only just after. It's only just after ten. Let's go to this Italian, like as if that's a normal. I mean, we're London dwellers, and even for us. You know, ten is very you late. Would, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to Italian at you, ten o'clock. At you night. Would, Unless you live you in would, Spain, like you would go for dinner at ten, maybe, but you wouldn't try and pretend that, that it was early or no. You go for time. a no. You'd, you'd maybe get a pizza or a Taco yeah. Bell, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you're yeah. not going to go right. Let's go and have a nice sit down meal. You'd get a Taco Bell. Yeah, you're not going for a risotto at a nice Italian place, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go and get some chips. But to his credit, he doesn't do the other, you know, eighties, nineties thing of like tr- driving home in that state. He just sleeps. In his truck outside the pub. Yeah. As you Very do. Responsible. responsible. Yeah. More responsible. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Well done, love, Joy. Oh, and then the next morning, stumbles into Tinkers for a shower. Yeah, and, and an egg butty. I, and I, an egg butty. I will say, egg butties are the way forward. Oh, well, I always have to put some eggs... bacon in there. Bacon oh, in there. Bacon. 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 It's all about no, bacon. No, don't mess with it. You just need the egg because an egg is very easy to digest. It won't put I want any an egg pressure now. on your oh, confused God, so system. I've already had yeah. one. I've had one this morning. You get the feeling this happens often, though, that he stumbles into Tinker's needing, basically needing a wee and a shower and an egg butty. And then yeah. you're all set for the day. 
there was a <laughs> there was a brilliant bit in here where Lovejoy's telling Tinker about Tara and her ex husband, and like, yeah. I mentioned it in the tweet along where he calls he's called a, Jack, isn't he? The ex, yeah, yes. A bit of a bar steward. Bar steward. Which I used to say, say all, all the, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote that, like, so I wrote that down as well. I was like, that's what you used to say. Yeah. That was just oh, what you my, said. Bar my favourite quote from, I believe, this conversation was when he says something, because isn't this when Tinker uh, warns him about his gift? Yes, yeah. he tells him and about he Harold says, I really Richards. disapprove Harold, of you. Harold Richards... The greatest divvy in the South. Did anyone else start singing, Ernie, he drove the fastest milk <laughs> yeah. float in the West, or was that just me? I was just... <laughs> greatest divvy in the South. But he went crooked and lost his marbles, according to Tinker. But basically, yeah, this was someone who... So Harold Richards, also a great divvy, but who kind of abused his gift. And so Tinker's like, Lovejoy, I really disapprove of you going on TV. You're abusing your gift. And he's quite superstitious about it, isn't he? Yeah. He's like, if you abuse it, like something bad will happen. And Lovejoy's like, ooh. But it's um, again the suggestion that somebody that has some sort of innate talent is always on a knife edge. And actually you hear, I mean, again, mm. talked about it a lot, but... I'm thinking of people like Robin Williams and Spike Milligan when it yes. comes to comedy. And I've forgotten his name, but the guy in Shine, the guy that Shine is based on. You know, there are a lot of people who have a particular gift. And I think the pressure of that yeah. and the... Well, I, I just it, watched... You know. um, oh, my God, I can't remember what it's called. The Artist? It must be The Artist. It's a really good film that I love. I don't know why I can't remember the it. The silent oh, film? Wait, no, with uh, Tony Hancock in. And I love Tony Hancock. But the, his story is film. just so, so... Sad, like the artist isn't sad. Like it's a really funny film that Tony Hancock is in, but um, like just talking about Spike and talking about Robin Williams put me in mind of that as well. Like this thing of like you have all this talent, but if you aren't, yeah. if you don't nurture it in the right way, or you don't get the right support, or you can't manage it properly because you've got these other pressures going on in your health, then mm. your talent might as well be for nothing kind of thing. Think, and that's what yeah. I think as well those kind of talents, what it is is you're 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 expected to and you do give a lot of yourself. Like you're it's very yeah. giving, isn't it? So like, you know, whether it's comedy, you know, you're you're giving yourself to make other people laugh. Or in Lovejoy's case you're you're giving yourself to like this you know, to to help other well, pe- people in a sense people always to... want a part yeah, of you yeah, I mean there's kind of, the Robin it's Williams it's very like that direction and there's not much coming the other way to Robin Williams to tells this... you like no absolutely Robin Williams tells this story about how he went up he was he, this woman went, w- w- ran up to him and just went oh my god be zany and he was like what <laughs> be zany <laughs> Mm. <laughs> on cue and again Lovejoy the equivalent is and even more yeah. so because they're, they're, they're putting worth? their livelihoods for yeah, him yeah, yeah. tell me how much this is worth please save me out of this hole that financial hole that I'm in tell me find something I mean I it's a lot it of hard enough doing a bloody tweet along for one hour but literally at the end of it I was like right everyone I'm going by I didn't even like sign out properly I was like that's it for me <laughs> see ya off, <laughs> like go get away from me stop asking me things and Nobody then, was even asking me anything. Everyone was being lovely and it was still a pressure of yeah. people looking at yeah. you yeah. and thinking that you're going to provide something, you know. And so because Lovejoy did provide such a great performance on the show, so we see him next in bed with Moira again and they're looking at this fan mail that he's been getting. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is he provides a great performance in other spheres as well. Oh, yeah. But in, Carry on. But in the... Um, in the in amongst the fan mail, there's a letter from Harold Richards in green oh, ink. Yes. In green ink, so we don't find out what's in it. But basically, Harold Richards has noticed Lovejoy and written to him. So, but actually, then that's left for ages. We don't find out what he says for a long time, but yeah. we know he's written this letter. And then they have some sexy chat about body language, and um, but basically, she's trying to persuade him to, you know, carry on have this, this like point, regular slot. Yeah. On, At this on point, I felt he became more northern. Maybe he just feels more. More Every now and then he's lying does, down naked. We've had a lot of naked Lovejoy he toward was the end of this so, series. He was so hot in this episode, despite being a bit really crazy. Was, there was one say. point. There was one point where I was like, I can't even. I think it was His when voice. he like, oh. like I'm skipping ahead. So I'll, I'll, but there's a point later on where I was like, oh my god, like he is. Just there were a couple of points. He was very hot, and I. Yeah. Do you know what it is? He was hot, but I think. I wonder if it's because in this episode he did also come across as slightly vulnerable. He was yeah. more likable. He's been borderline sleazy at times. Not, not actually. I don't think he's ever gone over it. I don't personally think he's ever. But there's been he's been borderline where you just go, oh, do you know what? You're just sleeping with the blonde and you're being a bit cheap. 
this he was sexy and he was sl- and you could see that he was getting vulnerable yeah and i like that and i like that in a man vulnerability is super hot if people can be so open with you that they can show you their kind of softer side it is and he yeah. wasn't showing moira his softer side or even tara or jane or eric or tink or anybody he wasn't showing that vulnerability to them he was showing it to us the viewer yeah yeah, like, yeah. We saw it. that's why and it was to some so other powerful. people which i will come to later so i don't want to spoil it but yeah <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, and then this is where, and then so the next scene actually, this is where we get to see that he's he is having this bit of a decline because basically Eric and Tink really want to go to Beddingley Antiques Fair, oh, yes. which sounds like a riot. I mean, we it's, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Amazing. Um, and basically, Lovejoy is really acting like, well, I'm above all that now. I don't want to go. To, why do I don't want to go to some he's dodgy really antiques fair? And he isn't normally he's like really, that. Really unpleasant. He calls Eric a loser. Yeah, but he's not normally really... like that. It's very no. unlike him. So then you get a sense of like, I think he's feeling pressure because he's got Moira yeah. saying to him on the one hand, be on my TV show. Tink saying, don't lose don't your... Don't sell out. Don't yeah. sell out. He's, he's got this letter from thing. Old Richard, which presumably he's read, mm. even though we we don't know what it says. So he's got he's all pushing kind of... back at the people that love him. Yeah. Isn't he? He's doing that thing of pushing people away. I got really distracted, though, in this scene by Eric's earring. Has Eric always had an earring? And I've just never yeah. noticed. Well, not, oh, he uh, wears an earring. I believe he's often had an earring. Yeah. It was anyway. I thought it was very nice. It was just a little silver stud, very um, classy, understated classy. and classy. Yeah. But I love a boy in an earring. I think they're just really cute. Anyway, so on then to the we house go to the, Then we go to the country. <laughs> then we go to the country house, which often features with Tara mm-hmm. and Mister Figgis, the solicitor. And um, basically, it's the typical like we talked so many times about. You know, country houses left to ruin. The owners that have the money to keep them up. Mm. It's really run down. There's no electricity. Mr. Kersate lived in one room. It says, this, again, this theme of, like, toffs on their uppers or whatever we want to call yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> it is and then, toffs on their uppers. Toffs on is. their uppers. So that's the episode. That's the episode, that's episode. It's toffs on their uppers. Um, but then the Jack... The is too scared to even stay in the building, isn't he? He goes in and, and there's these pigeons fly out and the solicitor just goes, I'll just wait outside. So Tara and Lovejoy in there by themselves. And then the Jack, the soon-to-be ex-husband has bought his own antique sealer, which is the one and only... Charlie Gimbert! At this so, point... Which is brilliant. Tweet, <laughs> at this he point, is. during the tweet along, someone was a little bit ahead of me and said, uh, oh, here's the goat, which we'll come <laughs> to in a minute. But to me, goat means greatest of all time. Like, he's the goat. He's the greatest of all yeah. time. Like, that's what that it means. And so Helen's I thought looking doubtful. this person was referring to Gimbert as the goat. And so I was like, yeah, Gimbert's here. Greatest of all time. That's not what he meant at all. No. Um, I, I was delighted to see Charlie. Like, I thought it was a very funny... It was brilliant. It was well I was done. like, yay! Um, and then basically... And he was peak Charlie, wasn't he, as well? Yeah, he was being so Charlie. And then they started to talk about, like, how are we going to divide it up? And they were talking about some really complicated system that I didn't even understand. Like, we each make a list of things that we want and... It sounded give it, too mathematical. give it a value. Thought, yeah, whoever, if we both want something, then whoever's valued it the lowest or the highest gets it. But then why wouldn't you just value everything really high? Ugh. It was like... Yeah. Didn't get it. Lovejoy and Gimbert just fell into this groove where, because it's their job, they kind of both knew exactly what to yeah. do. And you could see that Tara and Jack, with lovely 90s curtains, may I say. Yeah, so um, she had the brilliant 90s, like, fringe or whatever, and he had the she did. 90s yeah. really looked very peak 90s. And I was a bit like, oh, are Gimbert and Lovejoy working together then? And it, that, so that seems to be, like, the next step down in his decline of him just kind of throwing his lot in with Charlie. And then in the next scene, they're just drinking moe together in these kind of. I have put Charlie drinking premature champagne. (laughs) (laughs) What I wrote. You drink it at the the end. You drink it at the end. Premature champagne. champagne. Yeah, yeah. Because what they decide is basically to collude, don't they? They're like, oh, we'll just split the profit. So we'll tell we'll tell them all like that things are worth slightly less. Sell them for a bit more. Keep the profit, and we'll just split it between us. Which, yeah, you know, jobs I mean, are good. it's not, I mean, I know what you mean about decline, but I mean, he's done things like that before, hasn't he, Lovejoy? Yeah. yeah. You know, but... Not with Charlie, though. But and he also, also, I this think, is... not at the detriment of a kind of, which is ridiculous, but not to the detriment of a pretty young woman. Like, normally he's got that no. like, saviour kind of feel yeah. about him, where he's like, oh no, I will protect her interests. Almost like a bit fatherly, really. Of kind but of there also isn't, although although the bloke is clearly an asshole yuppie, I've put partner is an asshole yuppie, um, 
there isn't an obvious sort of goodie and baddie. They mm. were in a relationship. It's broken down. There's no sign yeah, that anybody's done yeah. anything particularly we dreadful. Don't, so yeah, he's not, it, it's he's not, not a bad like, guy for we know. No, just, it's just it isn't hair. like. It isn't like he just looks like a tit, but it isn't as though Lovejoy's going, "Oh my God, I have to fight for this woman because she's clearly been wrong." He looks like all the boys I fancied in the nineties. Yeah. I have to say, oh like. God, so I can slightly move my fringe, and I can't really do it. How did they do it? I don't know how they got. Those I don't know how they did those be... curtains. I really do not know. It must be um, something to do with the part. Anyway, never mind. But we also get another hint of the fact that he's maybe starting to lose it because he gets his like divvy feeling from this tall boy that's in the house. And mm-hmm. then Gimbert's I like, put spooky divvy music. Yeah, but then <laughs> but then Gimbert's like, oh yeah, that's a piece of crap. You know, the bottom's different from the top and whatever. So he's like had this feeling about something that turns out to be a piece of shit. So it's like, oh, he's losing his yeah. gift. Is it because he's selling out? Oh, was Tinker right? But it's quite interesting. I quite like that sort of element to it. It's like almost like slightly supernatural. Or, yeah. or is it superstitious like... on his part that he's lost his balance, if you like, because he because of. He's doubting himself. Do you know, I mean, there's so many. Yeah. A psychologist or a psychiatrist could have a field day yeah. with this. It was a brilliant then, title for this episode, wasn't it? Perfect. And then they go back and then they go it back was. to the house. So yeah, they have their scene where they're swigging their champagne and they I mean Gimbert and Lovejoy are almost getting on with each other and Gimbert even says, like, Oh, I quite like nice. you. Which yeah. is probably a bad sign, really, yeah. for anyone. Yes. Um and then they go back to the house and the solicitor is there and then Tink and Erica there basically everyone's there and then Godly who's this like house clearance vulture is there so once, <laughs> oh, they, so once they've taken all the stuff they want Tara and Jack he's just going to mm. go in and swoop in and clear out everything else he just else. takes everything else literally yeah he? and then we and meet then, then the goat Ted, Ted goat he is awful I don't know what it is he just made me feel a bit did icky. he not make you was he not a bit League of Gentlemen yeah he was Oh my god, right. it was awful. Can I just say, so I was watching this obviously for the tweet along, so I was watching it with my headphones in and tweeting, so my husband could see it but wasn't watching it, he was doing something else. And then he, I had to rewatch it today because obviously I wasn't yeah. paying proper attention last night. And uh, my husband said to me, Was that Ken Campbell I saw last night? As though it Ken was, Campbell yeah. like, is his mate. Who's Ken Campbell? And I was like, Who is Ken Campbell? And I was who like, is oh, Ken I, Campbell? And I yeah, was like, was. oh, I bet it's the guy who played Ted Goat. So I said, oh, is it? Is it this guy? Now, I asked my husband, I would say, 15 times, are those his real teeth? And all he told me was, Ken Campbell <laughs> is, was a great maverick of British entertainment. What does that mean? No idea. And then, like a bolt from the blue, he said, he's Nina Conti's mentor. Nina Conti. Oh, there you the, go, the Nina Conti with the puppet. Yeah, so I was like, so he he was a ventriloquist, and, stu- and my husband was like, he was everything. He, he was, was everything. also in Letter to Brezhnev, though. Was he? And were those? He was in Letter teeth? to Brezhnev, and bizarrely, <laughs> bizarrely, in case anybody's playing along, uh, Love Joe Actually Bingo, he was in A Fish Called Wonder, and I had no idea it so was him. And I actually went back and looked, and it, he's A Fish Called Wonder. Does he have the teeth in A Fish Called? No. So he was Bartlett. He played Bartlett in A Fish Called Wonder. It didn't look anything like how he looked in this. And I kept, I went back and went, are you sure? I looked it up. He was in A Fish Called Wonder. Well, but he is the most amazing character. Like, he oh, looks he's like awful. One of the I best expect, characters we've He looks like had. he's wearing a disguise. Like, I expected it to be like Scooby-Doo. Like, you know, take out <laughs> the teeth and it would be Gimbert or something. <laughs> he was just disgusting and awful and I on, hated him. On his business card, Edward V. Goat... BSC. What's his BSC in? Bronze swimming certificate. Yes. <laughs> Red Dwarf reference. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've watched my Red Dwarf. <laughs> but also, I thought, um, I thought maybe this is Harold Richards with a fake name come to like. Spy. I wondered if it was oh, going to be Harold so Richards. I didn't think that at all. I thought it um, might be Harold Richards. But, but basically, no. what what Ted Goat is, is they describe him as a grave robber, but he's not literally a grave robber. He's Stangley's most notorious grave robber, yeah. no less. Mm. But actually, what he does is he looks at the obituary, sees when some rich person's died, and then like turns up, pretends to know them, and whatever. So that's what he does here. A bit but, like the guys who go to funerals. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in, pre- we, in the ring. In the ring. Yeah. yeah. But Tinker knows him. He knows the scam. And Lovejoy yeah. kind of just sends him packing. He's like, just go away, you horrible little man. Because he and is then, creepy. And then we see Eric, Jane and Tinker discussing the fact that Lovejoy and Gimba are in bed together. I'm not mm. literally. See. Oh, then, what an image. I can't get that out of my head funnily now. enough, be like, some although, although Tink has been voicing his disapproval to Lovejoy about this whole TV thing, Tink's he's like, not, oh, yeah, he's not bothered fair enough. at all, is he? He's not bothered. 
And then, but like Eric and Jane, are like, oh, it's a bit dodgy morally. And he's like, you know, they're they're just it's business. Eric it's quite says, interesting. Um, Eric says, I know that I think it's important to be fiscally responsible. I pull a scam if you can to get the money but there's such a thing as business ethics and i was like oh bless him they're like oh he only cares about money and and tink's like well yeah we're trying to make money we all benefit if he makes money it's a bit of a yeah it's interesting so they've they've got the money from selling all the shit so lovejoy gives tara the money her share and then tries to ask her out again but obviously less drunk this time so you can see she's like oh you know maybe then she's like no, let's not mix. Yeah, she's like business you know what? and pleasure. I, I'm I'm actually getting divorced right now, so maybe I need to just be be calm. Yeah, and I've written here. Well done, Tara. Yes, absolutely. Written, Is this another indication that? Oh, I see what I've written. So she's rebuffed him. Yeah. and stands her ground, and I was wondering: is that another indication that he's losing it? Because normally he doesn't get rebuffed like that. I he know. might get rebuffed Ooh. at the beginning. Is that an indicator of losing his touch in other areas, so to speak? Now he's kind of, oh, he hasn't yeah. been able to get... Because to be honest, their business relationship at this point, in theory, has ended. So, yeah. like, it's not like... You can see what while they no, were doing not, the deal yeah. that she might not want to, but then there's now not it's an like, ethical thing. Yeah, it is like he's lost his touch in every aspect of life. Well, my very next note after this is so I've written, "Well done, Tara." Is this another indication he's losing it? And then I've written, "Oh my god, he's depressed." So there must be something that he did I put at this the same point thing. where I was like, "Oh, I recognise this." I put Lovejoy is very restless. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah. I think it was beautifully done. They this did it episode. very well. McShane was amazing in this episode. It was. I, he was. I loved this. He I loved it so so, so much. Good. But so he so he leaves the pub dejected, you know, by Tara, and um, Ted Goat accosts him. <laughs> Goat is back. And he says, he says he has been in this house before. And this is never explained because obviously somehow Ted Goat knows that there's this wine cooler. So the, the, this is a big thing in the episode. There's this wine oh, cooler. Oh, yes. Not course. just any wine cooler. An Ormolu mounted mahogany Georgian. Wow, Georgian I didn't write that Chippendale down. wine yeah, cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know but what Chippendale really is. I was in not like, the strippers. We never know, really find out how Ted Goat knows about this wine cooler because all he says is, oh, I've been in that house before. Has mm. he? He kind of says, "Oh yeah, I was talking to the old guy about his art." I mean, bit maybe a, that maybe it's just that simple, but it's a bit bit weird. of a Deus Ex Machina, isn't it? Yeah. So, and this is where I thought, "Oh, he's so League of Gentlemen." <laughs> he really is. I mean, he, he really, just, really, really, really is. What made you just feel so uncomfortable? Yeah. And I don't know how. But basically, he, you know, as an actor, I don't really understand how he did it apart from the teeth, which is why I was very concerned. But no, it was like facial expressions. Teeth. It was the voice. Yeah, he just played that kind of it wasn't even seedy i don't know what it was i just found him i sort of recoiled every time he came on the screen and i think it's interesting like if he's not known as an actor if he is kind of a maverick of light entertainment as my husband seems to be insisting that he could turn his hand to that kind of acting so he's been in a lot of things very experienced man then i guess yeah but yeah so basically he he says, oh, there's this wine cooler. Like, didn't you see it? What happened to it? Where is it? What, you know, what's going on? Where's yeah. the wine cooler? It's worth loads of money. It's and not going to just... the auction. Jane hasn't bought it. Yeah, so where is it? Where it? is it? You and Lovejoy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Go And it, they, basically they have a bit of a... He's like, he doesn't say fuck off, but he may as well say fuck mm. off, Mr. Goat. And um, I put, he's a bit rude to Mr. Goat. Just <laughs> 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 probably an understatement. Uh, he was... He was a bit rude, but I mean, Goat was kind of slandering him in a way and saying that you've nicked something from here, you're keeping it for yourself, which wasn't true. Which and it was the automatic assumption was that they nicked it, which they they had. So basically, there's this wine cooler that. So then, and then the next scene, Lovejoy's <laughs> I love in joy be- fever dream. Is he's in bed again with um, Moira? Oh, yeah. But he's dreaming, yeah, that he's on her show. Which, weirdly, I because I thought the beginning was a dream sequence, but this is actually yes. a dream sequence. No, well, there is one, yeah. Almost quite nightmarish, really. It was, it was really, it just was one of those Lovejoy mad dreams that they, every now mm. and again, they'll suddenly pull out. Like when we had um, the black and white one with the... Oh, yeah. The gangsters. The femme fatale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or when yeah, yeah. We had Jane is a femme eyeliner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. This is. But very... again, it's again, it's a sign he's not quite well. Yeah, it's not a pleasant. It's not like a funny dream, is it? It's, it's an odd. It's a bizarre. So he's on like a TV creepy. show. Then he's in Mr. Kerslake's house in the room where all the stuff was. But it's like, 
it looks like it reminded me of you know when you go to the fun fair and you go in the haunted house yeah mm. and it's got all that sort of like neon paint on the wall like oh the, yeah black, that comes up in black light and stuff it was like that and it's all a bit disjointed and you're just not quite sure how and there everything are, there are like yeah, flapping yeah. the pigeons flap out at him and stuff and he oh, remembered yeah. in a dream he puts his hand on the wine cooler oh yeah and this um, is because I... he, d- he had actually done that in real life and just not and not yeah and again it's a, it, he's probably worried about yeah has he tempted fate if you like you know is his gift kind of being taken away from him he's doubting himself i mean there's a whole load of emotional baggage going on and he and he sees eric tinker and jane and like the tv audience booing at him and it's all very oh, like yeah. Yeah. symbolic but this is where i this is where i because obviously that's where we first see the wine cooler because to this point i was like a georgian wine cooler because i was picturing like you know the thing i have in my freezer that you like last night i spent and i'm not kidding probably two hours trying to find the photo of me at polly's 30th where i'm holding <laughs> the wine cooler like it's a photo oh, yeah. that means a lot to me but i think when i came on facebook i just lost it but i'm not sure if i oh. printed it out so i'm gonna go and look in my actual photos because i think i might have a printed version but it was the I first night that. i met you, you properly. properly yeah, yeah. Really it was it oh my on god my instagram and stuff like that's our special wine cooler our oh, special the king wine queen darling <laughs> Uh, so where were we? Uh, so he has this dream, then he wakes up with a start, as you do from a weird dream. He goes into the bathroom, and then he has this, like, following on from the dream, he remembers, you know, yeah, I touched the wine cooler, because at the same moment, he, his jeans, like, brushed against a paint can. And he's, he's got lovely Levi's. He picks so he's got paint on his paint jeans. On anyway, so basically he figures out, oh, yeah, there is that wine cooler. It was there. Ted Goat was right. So he goes straight to the dodgy house clearance vulture, as he's called in my head. <laughs> And I didn't get the name of the person here, but we find out later on, I think it's called Spike Hawkins. So I just wrote, yes. someone from Wales. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he goes to see Dave, whatever his name was. Godly. Godly. And Dave says, oh, Spike came and he yeah, he's, he's the bought it. But yeah. you need, uh, and he'll take it to Beddingley Antiques. Beddingley Fair. Which is where Eric had the ticket for. At this time of year, he lives in his van. So he's from Wales and Lodge was like, oh, I've got to go to Wales. He's like, Oh, no, it's fine. At the minute, he lives in his van. Him and his wife, in the summer, they drive around. He says it's like a New Age antiques thing. And I'm like, yeah, they're like New Age? Hip- What's New Age? But then we find out later on, he's a bit like, he's just into like, he you know, hippie, crystals and the, tip- the 90s New oh, Age stuff. Know, yeah. yeah. When he picks up his jeans with the paint on, he also has the letter from, I was going to say Harold Robbins. What's his name? Harold Richards. Richards. That he's got the letter in his jeans pocket. So he, he reads, he rereads the letter. Oh, yes. Um, that kind of says, look, you need to re- be really careful. This is where I live. If you want to come talk to me, you can. So, so he does. So he does. This was quite sweet. This was lovely. I liked it. Was so lovely. I did. So Lovejoy explains, oh, you know, I think I am losing it. Like, I didn't notice this wine cooler. I th- whereas on the other hand, I thought this tall boy was great and it turned out it wasn't I'm you know and Howard gives him this lovely explanation about it's really lovely isn't it like he meets a, a kindred spirit and he's like you know my diviness was all about porcelain and yours is furniture and it's a gift you know but and you know we it's a it's a brilliant explanation isn't it I wish like, I'd written it down because it was beautiful so he, he basically, basically don't worry I wrote it down everybody yeah, he, it's on. about the feeling they get from the pieces like the pleasure and the love that's why they do it. Yeah, it's says, not about money. He basically and, says, when money becomes your first thought, that's when there's a problem. Yeah, yeah, and it's having that. Ba- but but he doesn't say that money's not important because obviously, yeah, you know, yeah, you have he, to live. it's priorities, isn't it? Yeah, it was a balance. He talks about the balance, doesn't he, yeah. between love and money. So you, as long as you have the balance, then... doesn't he ask him what was your first thought. He says, what your first thought, he said, of course you might think, oh, what's this worth or how much can I get for it? But but your very first thought when you have that tingly weird feeling is always just pleasure, pleasure that this thing existed in the first place or existed no matter what it was worth or what you could make on it. That's love. You just love it. Yeah. Which I thought was lovely. It was such a beautiful, and the thing is because you kind of have this because the way Tinker said, "Oh, you know, he he went crooked and lost his marbles." So you kind of imagine this like slightly crazy old man, but he's not because he's let go of all of this. He doesn't have any antiques anymore. He's like yeah. let go of all. He's just living in this little bungalow, and he's just like radiant and so happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and Lovejoy says something like, "Oh, I haven't slept for ages," and then he just falls asleep. Oh. And then once exactly, Harold puts Harold like puts his mind at rest or like 
gives him this he gift does. of this explanation and he, and he falls asleep on the sofa for 12, like 12 hours. hours yeah it's it's so beautiful and this is where he was so sexy when he woke up yes. so this wasn't, it wasn't like when he was in bed with Moira it was like when he woke no, up on yeah. Howard's sofa but again it's like, that vulnerable he's kind of stripped oh. of his of any pretense or whatever I mean I just wanted to give him a hug but then I know that's the bit of me that has depression was a bit like oh well I think it's the, it's the way he kind of wakes up at Howard's and, and everything's been slightly reset and he's like okay you know what I need to have a shave and now I need to go yep. to make Tink breakfast because I'm pulling back up yes. out of my dip He's turned the corner up, and he's up, and he's starting yeah. to go back up. And he now place. and he now wants to go to Beddingley Fair because obviously he knows. The that next thing I've written is why is Tinker why is Tinker got his hat on first thing in the morning? Why well, is he a gentleman? Wakes, yeah, but he wakes <laughs> Tinker up. He goes into his house, wakes him up, and then says, "Well, I'm going to cook you breakfast." And Tim and Tinker's got his little beret on. He must. He's passed out. He just passed out on. in it. No, it's I. Tink. I know I think he heard someone coming in he was like oh my hat put my hat on first thing I'll do put my hat on <laughs> um but Tink sets tells Lovejoy Ted Goat's spreading these lies about you and basically saying that you've Nick, got this wine cooler that you haven't got but um, I thought at this point like this is quite dangerous for Lovejoy because obviously if word gets out to Spike that Lovejoy supposedly nicked this wine cooler and what it's worth then he's never going to get it from Spike for a decent price is yeah. he so it's like um, you know, so we, we learned that it's probably worth about 30 grand at this point. So it's like a, a lot yeah. of money. And because Lovejoy was really acting out and being a bit of a git to Eric, well, a lot of a git to Eric actually. He was. And he was being not Again. great to Jane either. Tink kind of says, look, everyone thinks that you have got it. He was like, I believe you, but yeah, ev everybody else thinks Why? that you, you've got it. So you need to go and stop it out. And yeah. he gets confronted, doesn't he? he? Gets accosted by by the Broccoli's, Tara and Jack and Ted Goat. Yeah. And he says, and they're like, you know, you, we know you've got this. Why? What are you doing? Why? Did but you again, do this to us? they don't believe him. And is it because of the TV show he's been shown? Yeah. You know, either locally or nationally, as having this great gift. So now he's invincible in other people's eyes. He can't make a mistake. And again, it's yes. If a famous person makes a mistake, it's on every newspaper. If the three mm -hmm. of, one of the three of us makes a mistake, and by God, I mean, I've made some, you know, I think I've talked on this podcast before about when I shouted at that poor woman on the tube. So I was just having a really bad day, and I think so was she. God, if I was famous, that would have been in the papers and said what a dreadful yeah. person I was. And I'm not a dreadful person. I'm a human being that screws up occasionally. Yeah, and it's interesting, though, because I love Joy. Spotlight, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Suddenly he's in the spotlight. And he's like, I've, I haven't got the wine cooler, but I'll get it for you. But because he just says, I'll get it for you, but I can't tell you where it is. Because he obviously doesn't want... Worse. Yeah, yeah, it's like, well... Because he still wants the money. And Jane comes in and breaks up this round because it isn't a, a real shouting, slang match. And Jane comes in like, what are you doing? In and my where, where shop? Where are they at this point? Where are they? they? They're just, definitely at Jane's kind of office-y shop. Oh, okay. Thing. I couldn't figure out where they were. Because she kind of... So Jane kind of breaks it up and then takes Lovejoy away into a more private area to be like, you cannot argue with clients like that front of house. What if somebody else was to come in? But you know what, what she talks to the business. I'm very sick about this as though they're real people. But, but she real. talks to him like he's a naughty child. She irritated me a bit in this. I know she's right, but it was just a bit like, oh, it, it felt like she was sort of kicking a puppy while he was. There's a lot of, clearly a lot of rumours going around about Lovejoy there because Jack in the middle of this ding dong, Jack says, oh, we know about you, Lovejoy. You've done bird. Yes, he so, does. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, anyway, so like, Jane tells him off and then... Um, Even Eric's Love a bit mean to him. Like, yeah, because Lovejoy says, look, have you still got that spare ticket for Beddingley Fair? And Eric's like, well, I don't have it. But even if I did have it, yeah, I'll you give it to sure. you anyway. So basically, Lovejoy's like, okay, I need to get to Beddingley Fair. And then, and then Gimbert comes and has a go at him. Gimbert also thinks he's got the wine cooler. Yeah. I will Gim say, um, Charlie's coat, his camel coat, is very, very nice. <laughs> I really noticed it in this scene. I was like, oh, that's a lovely coat, Charlie. It looked really expensive and really... It sounded bright. like my grandmother. He's got a lovely coat. I mean, I did like his coat. He what a lovely coat. <laughs> Can you tell I've not been talking to anybody apart from, like, my family? Yeah. My accent's like... <laughs> Oh, uh, what a lovely coat. What a lovely coat. But yeah, so Gimbert's having a go at him as well. So basically everyone is like, well, Lovejoy can't win. Wine cooler. And, then, and then he has Moira again offering him this like 10 minute weekly slot on her show. But at this point, I think after speaking to Harold, he's like, look, no, I don't I'm not want gonna it. do it. No. But then she says she won't see him anymore. Which <laughs> seems like I wrote this quote down. 
if we're not working together, there's really not much point in us meeting anymore. And you want to go, surely it's you. But was she around. just sleeping with him? They're not meeting him from on the work. show. Like, they're not doing any work. I was about to say, that didn't look like work. I mean, and it just felt super sad. Like, I felt really sad about it. They had such nice chemistry. They were obviously both having a laugh because he was still pursuing Tara and she didn't really seem to be chasing him particularly or bothering him when no. he wasn't there. Um, I, I didn't know whether she wanted him to say, oh, no, 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 I still want to see you. Like, it was a bit unclear. And then for me, on UK TV Play, it just went to ads. And I went back to, to watch it to try and figure out, like, was she waiting for him to say, oh, no, I still want to see you, but... It was very weird. Just ended. It just ended. Like, would he let yeah. himself be almost, like... Black, was she saying it to like say oh look you better do it otherwise I won't sleep with you anymore and then would that yeah. work would he be sort of blackmailed into doing no. the show just to get it was very weird which is nasty. anyway so then so we it just so then, seemed like a clever way of them going or the writers going right well that relationship isn't happening anymore so you don't mm. need to worry about it as a viewer yeah. I was like, that's so we didn't really need to worry about it so but again it's it. another thing piling on the nobody likes me because he says in a bit even Eric doesn't like me, as though that's the ultimate kick in the teeth. Like Eric the puppy. But who... Eric likes everybody. Uh, yeah, Eric, Eric the little <laughs> trusting puppy. Yeah. And then, and then we go to Beddingley Fair, or more accurately, we don't go to Beddingley Fair at all. Oh, no. We never set foot inside Beddingley Antiques Fair. It's a bit like we... the day before Glastonbury, isn't it? I was exactly <laughs> what I wrote. <laughs> Sorry. It's exactly like the queue for Glastonbury. It is the same. I had so, no idea what was happening in any of this. Do you know what? It's scene. so I like the queue for Glastonbury. It was. I, was I wrote, "Where are they having a wee? Are they all just weeing behind the hedge?" Yeah, yeah. Well, this, in which case, this is your misogyny of the week because it's all lads, isn't it? Yeah. There's very few. There's a few women, but very few women. Well, it's like Glastonbury. Really they, they didn't have sheepies. I don't no. think in the nineties. No. It just all. But like, it's exactly like it, and the gang's all there. So Eric's there, Tinker's there, Gimbert's there, Ted Goat's there, there with Tara and Jack. They're all there in the queue. And what I've said is in that evening that they all revert to type because Lovejoy befriends these two nice ladies who obviously know him. Yeah. And he is a bit, you know how the nurses in the hospital did? He would charm everybody. Mm. And he goes to this sort of burger van, charms these two sort of... You know, sort of all which are brilliant, like almost like improvised yes, scenes. They were scenes, really they? good. They really, I think lovely. it was an A. Mm. And um, I was like, hard. who are these two actors who I've never seen before or since? Because they're yes. very, very realistic. And then I thought, are they? Maybe just they were just burger van ladies. Maybe they were just burger van ladies. They were I great. didn't think to look it up, but it was great. So he does that, and then Eric is basically what sitting in a field drinking lager. Eating a sausage. Um, or, and eating a sausage. A burnt sausage. A burnt sausage. And then you see Charlie quaffing champagne. They in the back of his the... Yeah, it's brilliant. There's oh. this lovely, like, montage. Montage. Everyone yeah. sort of enjoys their night in the queue in their very stereotypical way, like you say. Yeah. So Charlie's on his own in his car with his moe and his picnic hamper. And he says to himself, cheers, Charlie. Yeah. yeah, it was so sad. Cheers, Charlie. It's not then, sad. But the whole point is that, like, everyone's queuing up to get into this fair, but they actually do all their business in the queue. And some people don't even go in the fair. They get in the queue trade all the antiques in the queue and they and don't they even go home again which they're not meant to do they're, they're not meant to do so all these stewards the yeah. trying to stop them but how we, do you stop them we've missed the bit where tinker blows on the top of his what's it called that's it again a hip flask hip again flask. all of that oh for God. me was quite like it's quite like improvised it was like each little bit yeah where, and i wonder how much of this was and they, and they kept going sort of between each person and to me it seemed like it was it was improvised scenes. It was lovely. That was my absolute favourite bit in the I loved it. I was like, oh, oh was my beautiful. God, Tink, it was so funny. I was but, like, um, where's my hip flask? Does it make that noise? Um, but, I couldn't make it. But at noise. this point, so that's all happened. And then at this point, right, there are six minutes to go. Oh, no, really? This is a typical Lovejoy thing of like, basically, nothing's really happened in this episode so far. Yes. Nothing's been, everything's going to get resolved in the last six minutes. Yes, yeah. but it does this time. Which it does, but it's like as it's so typical. It's the only thing it that is, was like rankled me a bit. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, again, yeah, again. Here rush. We are. They were getting this, better at that as well. This was all lovely, but you're just going to rush the end. Now. We do find out, and I can't remember who from, but we do find out Lovejoy's a Virgo. Maybe because basically not. the ladies in the van say, 
you know, if you're going to get something off Spike, you need to remember Spike won't sell stuff to Scorpios. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, but Lovejoy is such a Scorpio. He is literally like textbook. Well, he says he's a Virgo, but isn't... Uh, he says that to get the wine cooler. Ian McShane's, Ian McShane's a, Virgo. a Virgo. Yeah. I don't know Maybe that's know why that, he could deliver it so... I wonder if that's why, yeah, they just pick that. Because there's, there's no way on earth Lovejoy isn't a Scorpio. I'm sorry, he just is. But he, you... so he finds that, that Spike's got the wine cooler, but he also yeah. knows to be on his toes because Spike's going to ask him, when's your birthday? But Spike <laughs> hasn't heard. Spike hasn't heard the rumors about you know no. Lovejoy looking for this wine so cooler. Now. Spike yeah. doesn't even know that it's a wine cooler. He thinks it's a jardinier, which everyone knows. In fact, he... so maybe he has heard the rumors, but he thinks well that's he hasn't yeah. made the connection because he mm. thinks it's a jardinier. Jardinier. So yeah, I think you put your plants in it. Lovejoy well, buys it off him for twelve hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. Obviously, a lot less than it's worth. Cash. Cash, because they've all got thousands of pounds worth of cash just hanging And then basically, the Lovejoy wants to do the decent thing and return it to the, the Broccoli's, Broccoli's because it's theirs. But Gimbert wants to like oh, sell yeah. it and split the profits. And Gimbert's like, look, everyone thinks you're doing this anyway. Let's just do it. Yeah. Again, this is where people show their true colours. And, and Ted Goat as well. Really, yeah, revert to how they really are because Lovejoy goes back to what normally wins out in the end which is do you know what i need to do what's best for these people what's right because goat's the worst because he's acting for the broccoli supposedly yeah. but he comes along as like look i won't tell them that you've got it if you give me a cut mm. yeah like he's and the worst and he has this vision is, of himself as so, like a wheeler dealer with his yeah, cigar and, a... and his camel coat so ted's ted goat's got his camel coat on his hat and his cigar so is gimbert and then lovejoy kind of has this vision that he's in the middle of the two of them and he and he just runs it's like the literal thing about love and money and he like allows yeah. love to mm. win and then quite literally speaking he gets, of which he gets to the car <laughs> and tara and jack have like been stuck in this car all night together so they basically obviously reconciled their marriage so they're snogging in the back of the car Lovejoy's inadvertently helped them get back together then isn't yeah. he because they yeah. were like united in well we've been screwed over so we which they hadn't been as it happened so it yeah. was well that ends and they well sell it for that. 35 they sell the wine cooler for 35k and they go on a second honeymoon oh so it all works beautifully and lovejoy then sort of almost gets his comeuppance which has been coming to him because it's very moralistic it's very dickens this isn't it the idea yes. that actually everybody sort of gets their just desserts even if it's slightly gently like this so he goes to track down mr barton that he had the teapot off in the first place for 70 quid or whatever it was and then sold on for more but then he, go, he gets the teapot back because he wants to return it to mr barton and kind yeah. of say look so i made a mistake well, he tries to say he made a mistake didn't he <laughs> yeah, yeah he doesn't actually admit that he ripped him off he's like oh oh i thought it was worth only worth 70 quid but actually turns out it's worth more you know i said it was repaired but it's not. Like, but it was repaired <laughs> And I Lovejoy's like, it like, I repaired it myself. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so it was just a beautiful... But, but also interesting because it's like the hint of like, Lovejoy didn't realise that. Mm. So, you know, again, he's like yeah. losing it. I just then, thought... It's it a good was, end to a series as well. Oh, yeah. Lovejoy's slipping a little bit. This episode was amazing. It was ace, wasn't it? I loved it. What are you giving it? I think I'm just going to go nine. I've well, never seen Helen give a nine. No, I haven't. Jeez. I loved it. I it was just good. Loved it. it was very good. It was very like thematic, you know, clear theme that I, you know, it was very like, yeah, intriguing, very lots of interesting kind of like you say metaphors or things to think about. I mean, I always like the threads. This idea that Lovejoy is almost not on a knife edge because I don't think he is, but the and I, and I think maybe it wasn't so usual in the 90s, early 90s, of showing a character who is perhaps, if not on the edge, within striking distance yeah. of the edge mentally. Yeah. I thought that was quite interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give this one an 8.5 because I think it's tied in beautifully to stuff that was way back in earlier series. And I, I, re yeah, I really liked it as well. I was going to give it an eight, but now I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I was going to do 8.5. I was going to do 8.5, but I decided to just go for it. I just, I want more, I think it's just because I always want more Eric and Tinker and Jane, which is ridiculous yeah. because they're not the main characters. So it's a bit silly of me to say, oh, I want more of them because actually having more of them would have detracted from Ted Goat. 
Oh, and would have detracted from Moira and would have detracted from... I mean, Ted like, goes. Amazing. Oh, he was awful. The acting in this episode was like... It was amazing. Was it was great. No, it was lovely. It was a was super really ending. Good. I mean, my, my only criticism was the fact of like, again, like usual, I actually had to pause it because I thought, hang on, it must yeah. be really finished. <laughs> but there's no, like, what, we've, only just, we've only just arrived at Beddingley Fair. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. So, um, what are you going to give it? You said you were going to give it an eight. Oh, no, I'm going to give it an eight point five because it cool. was. But for an, for a last uh, episode of the series to wrap up the series, that idea of having to balance love and money and love winning out mm. is just it's, it's lovely. It was lovely. <laughs> it was so lovely. Yeah, but not done. It sound, that sounds really cheesy, but it wasn't cheesy, was it? It was just no. It, it made weird. sense. Yeah. It was like, we're yeah. talking about what have we learned then it's that nice timely reminder not just that money doesn't matter but that other things actively do matter it's yeah i think for, for me yeah. it definitely was a timely reminder because i only work three days a week and that was a massive decision to make because yeah. obviously it means that i don't have any money ever um but i won't always in my whole career work three days a week eventually i will go back to working full time and it is more important to have had yeah. this time with my family, especially at the moment. So what was your antique of the week? Because I don't think we, we sort of skimmed past that. No, no, I was going to say, I learned that there's such a thing as this like antique wine cooler and they're pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I, would, I would quite like one. So, and it's very so boring. Would I, it's, but it's, it's going to be the wine cooler. I would say the same, but mainly because I like wine. I mean, I'm not... There's and no also... <laughs> I would say I if like I had that, that specific wine nice. cooler, I would probably use it as a jardinier because it was massive. <laughs> I was I'd really just big. drink more wine. Put I'd lots just of put wine it in the in garden it. and put some plants in it. Well, and so. wine. You could fit wine and plants in it. There you go. Dual purpose. My my antique of the week is a hundred percent those stonewashed Levi's. <laughs> when he picked them up off the floor, Lovejoy, I was like, oh, they're just absolute classics, aren't they? And he wears them well. He does. He does. They He's look good. fantastic. They're brilliant. I love them. So that's my antique of the week. Stonewash Levi's. So I think that's us at the end of series four. Yeah. We're done, I think. I can't oh believe God. it. I can't believe it either. It's absolute madness. But it's been, it's been, a, <laughs> it, yeah. I, sorry, I, I very rarely am I lost for words, as you know. Um, but it's also, it's been so weird doing this over the past few weeks as well. We've done what four episodes now over four episodes, yeah, four episodes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Zoom, which yeah. I think the main thing for me was we had to make that decision of, well, actually, we were nearly at the end of series four. Helen's on maternity leave anyway. We could have just stopped and had a break and then and then regrouped and come together and done the end of series four kind of later on in the year nobody would have minded about that everyone would have understood but for me the routine mm. of these going up every two weeks and knowing that yeah. on the wednesday this will be there the podcasts that i listen to have been one of the things that have kind of been a welcome and me with no such thing as a fish yeah yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely um so i'm really glad that we managed yeah. to, to figure I, out I a way forward and, and do it like that and yeah. also think about what that means that i can join in future. and yeah. you can join in but it means but, that we can have people from the states join us we can from anywhere join us really the other thing i'm genuinely proud of and by the time this goes out we will have done the auction as well we've done the tweet along yes. i would just urge people again and the quiz to to go to just giving.com forward slash lovejoy hyphen actually uh in the run-up to the quiz and during the quiz we raised 525 pounds for the royal trinity hospice and that's amazing and that's something we've done because of lockdown yeah those activities and we might have donated a portion of you know money from our patreon but we've done this big fundraising and that's because of all of you guys and it's been so cool that we've been able to do that and sort of yeah. saying all of this because at the point not so much the point this gets broadcast but when we start doing the next series we're going to be back to some element of normality yeah. even if it's not even it's what quote unquote the new normal and i don't want us to kind of forget what a change people can make it only takes like a tiny you only have to do one small thing yourself yeah. like a tiny thing if everyone does one tiny small change imagine how much better the world would be you can you can yeah you can literally change the world i mean certainly we've seen that this week haven't we so Absolutely. Absolutely. yeah 
So yeah, yeah so, so just just say for the record, because this is a momentous, weird time that people are going to look back on. Um, it's the eighth of June, so this week, all the Black Lives Matter protests have been happening after the death of George Floyd. We're still in the middle of the pandemic. It's a very very weird place. We I think we forget that at our peril in the future. Yeah, so, we don't want. Mm. By the time you're listening to this. We still want you to be tweeting about that and we still want you to be sharing resources and we still want you and us, because we're doing it too, to be having that in our, in our consciousness, you know. Yeah. It's really important. Just so talking on... to myself in the future there. And yeah. in the future, whilst hey, sitting this, go and, go and put, do you, do you know how... <laughs> how much stuff I've bought this week I'm like yes I know something I can do I can support black owned businesses because I love buying stuff she Which does love buying stuff it. fake Thank handbags you. we've talked about way back at the beginning of series one you can go back and go back and <laughs> review know, our like, podcast um but yeah thank you everyone for sticking with us all the way up to series four or finding us um during series four please go back and listen to our back catalogue i'm still sporadically putting uh hashtag lovejoy lockdown listening do love a bit of alliteration oh, um in there so yeah we always love to hear from you on twitter we will see you uh hear from you very 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 soon in the meantime please stay safe and look after yourselves have and, a lovely summer we will and have a wonderful yes. summer bye everyone we love bye. You. Bye. bye see you in series five <laughs> what the heck oh, god let's tell